Hey, Taco Tuesday fans, this is Christian Brindle. And I am Glenn Shelton. We came together and it combined our forces to create something special for insurance agents called Taco Tuesday. Let's taco about insurance. My company, Christian Brindle Insurance Services, and my company, Lead Heroes, is here to bring you the latest and greatest news happening in the insurance industry today and eat some tacos while we do it. If you enjoy the content that we put out on this podcast, feel free to leave us a review or subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Without further ado, let's get into this episode of Taco Tuesday. And we are live. Taco Tuesday troops. What's up, um, Taco Tuesday army? The taco, the 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 titans, the 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 titties. There we go. The the titties. The titties. My taco's falling apart. You know, we're not going to keep our audience very long if we call our audience titties. Yes, that would probably be a little bit across. Look at that. It's destroyed. Taco's falling apart. All right, so Glenn's not going to show me up this week, by the way. Um, before we introduce our wonderful guest, Collabs, um, I need to introduce my tacos before I do that. Interesting. And um, so Just I so have we some... know where we stand as guests. Just so we know where we stand <laughs> We're right behind tacos. Tacos, Ali and Tony. Tacos, Ali and Tony. So we got, we got some, we got some banging chicken avocado tacos nice. today. Uh-huh. Where from? I don't even – I can't even pronounce the name of the place. So my my staff have they they have they have um, commandeered Taco Tuesday to where I don't get to pick anymore where we go. Sure, because they don't like where I pick. They don't like Taco Bell, our unofficial sponsor. I love hmm. me some Taco Bell. <laughs> I love Taco Bell too. But look, look I'll just tell you for, about as much as I like diarrhea. Well, I was going to tell you. I just say this a lot of times. You know, people are always like, you know, what do we eat? You know, we need a lot of fiber, a lot of Taco Bell. We'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever can't get it, to, if you ever can't push it out, there's always a solution, and it's Taco Bell. What, are, what do you have there, Glenn? What is so, that? Not, the hard taco <laughs> fell apart because we took so long to go live because Christian okay. was having trouble just doing anything on his computer. So I switched from my hard shell back to the classic soft okay. shell Taco Bell taco. It's nice. not a supreme. Okay. This is a class. This is what we're talking about, guys. Look at that. It's, it's what, so forty percent beef, right? Okay, that's did pretty not, gangster. D- Glenn, did you not go supreme because you had your own sour cream? I mean, what, what was this? What was the decision made? <laughs> <I'm going supreme. laughs> right. no, no, let's, no, let's get in this. So, the hard taco. Get into the nuts and bolts. The hard taco. I went supreme, right? Okay, because you mm. like your hard shell a little soggy. Well, no, <laughs> I don't. I, no one wants a soggy taco. Come on. Well, I'm just wondering then why you did the sour cream on the hard and not the soft. I'm just trying to figure it out. It's like you made the hard soft. I mean, make up your mind. I mean, so, um, unfortunately, he's we right. got We got to. We got to introduce our guests for anybody yeah, that does not know do. these two fine gentlemen. Um, depending on how you're seeing this, I think you're seeing it the same way I'm seeing it. So, the the man below me, um, not in life but in camera, you mm. know, um, is. The, 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 the amazing Tony Merwin, the amazing Tony Merwin, um, um, and we also have two. What is it? My my left, my right. I don't know. I can't tell anymore. Um, Ali Salah, the other bald guy on the show that comes on the show from time to time, um, make me feel a little bit less self self conscious about myself. And these two fine gentlemen run an amazing podcast called State of the Union every Thursday. Um, Glenn and I will be on it this upcoming week, so do not miss it. We're excited. We're doing a collaboration, and um, welcome everybody to Taco Tuesday. Hey, Wait, y- y- are, y'all are coming on our show? Who did we discuss this? But you know, we're gonna have to discuss that. <laughs> well, we're gonna again. be there. We're just gonna show up. <laughs> hey, we love. So yes, this Thursday. Well, first of all, Christian, I want to just say thank you to both you and Glenn for having. Uh, me on and Tony together for the first time, which is a lot of fun, but I've been on before. I'm grateful. Tony actually introduced me to you when you and him had did, did some collab work as well. So I, I'm excited to be on the show with you guys today. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Yeah, we're, we're excited, excited to have, to have you guys. guys. 
And uh, Mr. Merwin, I'm pretty fired up about what we do and how we do it. So, yeah. So this Thursday, just so everyone knows, we're doing the show, just like you said. And these two fine men are going to be on with us at 8 o'clock Central Standard Time on Thursday morning. That's going to be what? Is that uh, 7 for you guys? That's 7 for Christian, 6 for me. So I will definitely have my okay. espresso ready to go. Okay. All right. to be so, nice. Hey, do you mind if we start right there real quick? I just I want to ask yeah. that. Glenn, so where do you live? I live just outside Portland, Oregon. So I'm okay. technically in Washington okay. across the state okay. line. I don't know why I thought, for whatever reason, and we've had talked before, but my, I, I just thought that you and Christian both lived in Utah. You know, he lives in Salt Lake. He lives in Salt Lake. He's Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> He's Mormon. Can't you tell? Can't you tell? Well, yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so um, – Guys, we had some really cool topics that got thrown out today um, in kind of the discussion. And so I wanted to kind of just kind of start off with, to me, the one that's probably on everybody's mind. Um, So, Ollie, you just got done with AHIP. I just got done with AHIP. Tony did AHIP, I think, earlier today. We don't know if this is a real certification or not. We're we're trying to authenticate. Is it authentic? Is it authentic? (laughs) We don't know. Well, I will tell you this. For those that don't know myself, uh, I I have the great opportunity to have ownership in this company with Jamie Strong, who's our founder, and Butch Borchers, our finance guy. Well, I will tell you guys this. I printed a bunch of these, and they're in color, and this will piss Butch off, so who cares? <laughs> I got multiple color copies. I'm so far. Just why is our thirty percent? Well, you know what? Because I feel like when you're going through certifications, everybody always wants one. So I might be in a situation. I need to take a photo of it or something. I'm just gonna send it. Just... Here you go. Here you go. Because you never uh, can find it for everybody. For everybody. I'm just so, making it make, making it rain. Ahem. Just ahem. So, so, so Tony, Tony. Um, Thoughts on AHIP for, uh, of 2022? Differences? Things people um, should be expecting? There are a couple of things that I noticed. Number one, you have to, if you haven't already done it, you got to reset your password at the beginning and redo your profile, which was actually, there was a couple of things in there that were cool. I was, I was actually glad they did that because I was able to, able to make a couple of updates on my email address. I was able to add a couple of other carriers in there that they didn't already have all pre-populated so that'll connect better. So that was nice. Uh, they made downloading the slides easier. I don't know if you may notice that. Right. But in the modules, there was a nice little link just hanging out over there. Hey, download the slides, dummy. It's open book. <laughs> right. Interesting. Um, that was simple. When I did the first module, I thought it was at first my first immediate thought, probably in the first five minutes was it was harder than it was last year. But then as I progressed through the whole thing, I'm like, dude, this is a lot easier than last year. Even some of the questions seemed a little longer. Maybe I don't know. Or maybe they just changed up uh, the names of their sample prospects. Um, but over and above, I mean. Especially the final. The final was a joke. I got through the final in about 12 minutes, knocked it out, piece of cake, made a 96. Um, I'm still angry. At, I'm still angry at Mrs. Kumar for throwing me a trick question. Uh, yeah, but Kumar. Off, but. Yes, Kumar. Yes, I saw that. So 12 uh, minutes. I, so I, I want to say about 12 minutes. I knocked record. out the final. It's pretty fast. Got to be a record, 12 minutes. Um, well, because they gave me, honestly, like, opposite of what Ollie said, they gave me all the questions that I'd already taken. And that I got right for the most part. Like yeah, I got the luckiest right. tee up. So they stacked my deck. So thankfully I have a pretty good memory. So I was able to just look at the first few yeah. words or maybe the key element and then just go right to the multiple choice and bang it out. Yeah. Um, that was simple. There was one other thing. Oh, modules one, two, and three. I was able to completely skip the training slides and just go straight to the quiz. Yes. If you're a repeater, they let you do that, mm-hmm. right? That's what modules four and five. I had to go through the whole thing yep. Yep. before yep. I could get to the quiz then to get to the final exam, but they didn't make me watch modules one, two, and three. I was able to go straight to the quiz, knock it out and move on. That was kind of cool. Right. So what I pretty much did the whole thing in about an hour and 20 minutes. So one quick question. One I have a quick question here. So last year was the first year that I'd heard it people talking about failing the AHIP multiple times. And again, being that it's an open book test, kind of mind boggling. Google. Right. <laughs> so for those who might be watching this or listening to this or you're watching the replay, brand new agents, Tony or Christian, could either of you speak to the requirements or any of you to the requirements of what happens if you fail the AHIP? What what's the the process? Sell life insurance is no good. It's no good. It's so, no life what? insurance. Maybe ACA. I don't know. Hey, if you guys don't mind, if you say that, you can sell Medicare supplements without a hip. Right. 
so 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 let, let, let me throw this out uh about you saying that. first of all i want to say this about you talked about a hip as it being really cool that they had you change your password i think that was one of the most hideous things they could have done me first too i'm with you first of all most interest people don't remember the damn password i want to go to my computer press the thing and then it just pops up the old passwords and you just say yes and it remembers everything okay so they screwed all that up okay that's number one. number two did you guys see the damn requirements for this password yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So listen to this nonsense. Twelve it, letters. It's twelve. It's twelve. It's twelve things. Lowercase, uppercase. There's special got, symbol. Yes. Listen, I'm never gonna remember it. <laughs> I could write it down everywhere. It doesn't matter. It ain't like I'm sitting around and oh man, let me check my hip real quick. You don't go on there as an active thing all the time. So yeah. they gotta kill that. True. So to to your question, Glenn, you're gonna love this. So what we've done in our company is like yesterday. Uh, was the first day of AHIP. And then on Wednesday night, and then next week on Monday, and then next week on Saturday, we're keeping it open so agents could come to our office and prepare for AHIP. Okay? And then we'll have a couple guys here that know the material, that have been around, they'll be able to help them out and make sure that they go through the, the, the new guy goes through some of this material, doesn't try to just skip over it. And then the veteran guys just help them out. So yesterday we had one of our, Nathan, our producer. So I'm going to have some fun with him here. He's the first guy last night that kind of finishes up, right? And he thinks he's, he's done real well and everything. He hits enter. He gets 88. It's that, same, it's that reaction everybody gets. Well, idiots One off. Pass, right? Idiots. Oh, no, shit. That's right. It's 90. You need a 90 of the stupid <laughs> exam. Right? And then people freak out. And then he's yeah. like, oh, all right. Well, I guess I'll do it again. While that happens, two guys pass. He's a little pissed because he wanted to be the first guy to be done. <laughs> right? And then we come back to him. So he's stuck on a couple. So, you know, one of the guys is kind of walking him through, kind of help, you know, just trying to help him get to understand it. He's like, man, you know, you still got about 45 minutes. You know, if you want to just maybe double check your stuff, this and that, see if you need any help with anything. He goes, ah, I got it. This is good. Just hit send. So he hit send. He got 86. So he went backwards. <laughs> he went backwards. He's getting worse. He's getting worse. Did you hear that, Nathan? You're getting worse. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so one degree one down a day, it's crazy how far away you get from yeah. success. Yeah, <laughs> right. One question. One uh, to two questions. No, dude, let's just say he's quitting. He's going to get a new job tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that answers that question. You can still that. come in and do the video stuff, but the rest of the day, you can get the full walk out. <laughs> oh, that's gold. That's it. So anyway, to your point, he's he's failed it twice. So there's only one more time someone can take it. So yeah, I'd like to right. know from the experts here, what's going to happen if, if Nathan doesn't pass? This is all about Nathan now. What's going to happen to Nathan if he doesn't pass again? He's going to so, be making a lot more TikTok videos. Right. <laughs> yeah. So Tony, is there any... Other than United, is there any carrier that does not require a hip? United still doesn't, if I if I remember correctly. Correct. But, um, if my memory serves correct, they're the only one. Um, I could be wrong. There might be some tertiary carriers that I'm not working with because I pretty much just goof around with the blue chip products. Um, uh, UH is the only one because they have their built-in a hip equivalent that works for them. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like you're blackballed for 12 months, right? Isn't that you fail three times, you can't yeah, take for that. For yeah, not, you're done. Not only are you blackballed, but correct me if I'm wrong, Tony, but for a majority of the carriers, I think you lose your commissions. Yeah, if you, correct. Right? Like correct. you're done. Like yeah, if you can't done. maintain certifications year by year, you're out. Right. So, so like when, you, it, come, when yeah. you come back the next year, let's say you come back the next year and you're like, I got this, you know, and you pass. It's not like you regain your commissions. Right. You, it's like you're a new agent. You're starting over. Right. Wow. That's crazy. I didn't see. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize they'll, they'll literally cut your commission, but it makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. That's crazy. Because Tony, right. If you are active, so I retire tomorrow, right. And I'm making my renewals for me to qualify for all my renewals as a Medicare advantage agent. I have to certify every year to earn my renewals. Yeah. There are some carriers that will allow you to go into what is called servicing status which means okay. you're no longer able to be appointed and write business, but you okay. agree to help service the business you have on the books. Like UHC does that, for example, and they'll let you keep your renewals. Uh, but for the most part, yeah. Once you're done selling MA business and you decide you don't want to maintain your license, your appointment, and your certification, bye-bye renewals. Sell the book, ladies and gentlemen. That's it. So you got to sell the book. It's yeah. usually why it makes so much sense, especially in the MA space, to go ahead and get yourself appointed as a corp. 
That yep. way you can have yep. all the money assigned to the court. But when you're like, I'm done, then you just plug in a new principal. Yep. Okay, that's yep. interesting. So, so what you're telling me is here's a guy, he's 74 years old, and he's not feeling well, but he's earning renewals on his Advantage plans. He doesn't do his certification. His family's expecting to continue to receive his money every month. The family would need to be educated to say, hey, if he doesn't get his AHIP certification done, and let alone the company certifications themselves, your 74-year-old dad who's sick isn't getting his renewal money. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, he needs to find a way to get that reassigned somewhere yeah. that the family can get access to it, sell yeah. it. Yeah. You know, but as far as legacy planning in the MA space, it 100% makes sense to get yourself appointed as a corp. Really does. Right. right. I mean, that's, that's the biggest advantage. One thing I noticed about AHIP this year, this was probably the biggest thing that I noticed. I don't know if you guys did, but in the past, when you're taking like the practice tests on the modules yeah. at the end, yeah. if you got one wrong, they'd usually tell you what the right answer was. Oh, yeah. They didn't do that this year. Did you notice that? Nope. Well, 100%. Nope. They did not. So, so, so here's another question, Christian. I think it's silly. It's, it's like I, I've always had this debate <laughs> or this argument. I love college basketball. I love, I love watching the NBA. But why do we take these young men that are supposed to be preparing to be big men and play in the pros and tell them, in your version, you only play two halves? Now, if you were in high school, you would play like the NBA and have four quarters, right? But why does it change? And then, like, with this AHIP stuff, all those exams, all those practice ones, you only need 70% to pass. But why? If you need 90 to pass the major exam, you should make 90 for all those as well. Don't get me wrong. They hooked me up by allowing us to pass. I, I got some 80s. I was, I was, I'm fine with that. But, again, I think it lacks consistency. Why is it okay here and it's not okay on the major exam? Either be 90 everywhere or be 80 or 75 or whatever it needs to be, whatever the standard is. So I wonder. I I wonder why is the scoring system different for both? Great think, question. Yeah, I think it, it's the lack of. In general, the industry I'd say as a whole isn't necessarily well organized or up to date technology wise. One thing that I saw while we're talking about exams that I thought was really interesting is insurance license insurance licensing exams moving online. I just saw someone the other day post about this. And again, kind of an open question for all of you guys. They were asking for someone to proctor their exam for them, which I thought that was interesting because I was under the impression you're either going somewhere to get licensed and it's going to be proctored there, or some states are waiving the proctoring and just allowing people to take it online. I don't know if any of you have seen that as well, but yeah, there's definitely a lack of consistency for sure. Well, I will yeah. say that, I'll say this right now as we're speaking. I have one of my administrators out there, and there's a young man that's p taking his insurance exam. He started about 30 minutes ago, so it's about three and a half hours. Uh, you can only sign people up to do internal exams. I mean, you can do it in your office as long as they have a proctor watching them. So what they do is they make us put like three cameras in the room. I'll just tell you what we're doing here in Oklahoma. Yeah. We put three cameras in the room. When the guy's about to start – the proctor will say, hey, before you get started, I'd like you to do a few things. And they'll ask them by design to take a camera and show them a few random spots in the room to make sure that everything looks legit. So mm. literally, my daughter took the exam. They made, her, mm. they, they made her take the camera and put it underneath the table so they can make sure she has nothing underneath the table. Okay, As, as one of her random checks. That's what they did with her. Okay, If you want to leave to use the restroom, you got to get the proctor's permission, and then you're, you're on a clock. Okay. Wow. And then when they start back up, I believe our administrator has to say, all right, we're ready to get back on. And then we close the door. If the door ever opens, exam's over. If anyone ever shows up in the room, the exam's over. There is no second chance. We've had that. We've screwed up, and we've heard somebody that was taking an exam that we had to reset them up to do it again. So we've done wow. that ourselves. But that's how black and white and dogmatic they are about it. Interesting. Yeah, I had no idea. That's really interesting. But that's specifically for licensing. Uh, that's right. I'm, I'm talking about getting your Oklahoma insurance license. Right. Yeah, yeah. Apparently in Indiana, you have to give a proctored exam for your CE as well. Wow. Ugh. I didn't know that, but I had an agent that's been an agent for a while, and he called me up and was asked me if I had any recommendations on someone in his area that could help him get his exam proctored, and maybe they could help each other. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'll try. But uh, here's yeah, a question. I, I didn't know that. That was new. I, I did not know that. That's weird. Yeah. How many credits do you get for AHIP in Utah, and how many do you get in Washington? So, I don't know. For, That's a good question. For, for Utah, 
I don't ever take the the CE credits. Like you don't, you don't take them. <laughs> never. No, okay. I never have. Now, why don't you? Because I always do. Well, you don't, you don't have to take CE in Utah. In Utah? Well, well, yeah, of course we do, but we just I don't do it through AHIP. Okay, because mm-hmm. let me just tell you, so let me tell you, Christian, what I mean. So I, I every year, right when I do the, like I did the AHIP this week or yesterday, it asks or this morning actually when I took the test or whatever, but it says, do you want your CEs? You say yes, and you do that. Then once you pass, then they make you pay for your six credit hours. Mm-hmm. Well, Wait. I'm going to ask you, Christian, if you and I are reestablishing our, our license every two years, why wouldn't you go into your second year with already twelve credits of things you're already going to do? You're already doing it, so get the credit for it. So you only need to do twelve more or whatever. Well, that brings me to a question. Okay. Right. I can in Texas, I can pay thirty bucks yep. and get eight hours of CE credits after I complete my AHIP. Yeah, for, because everything's bigger in Texas. But I, yeah, but I only have to do CE every two years. Right. So if my license, which is my current state, right, yep. um, is not due again until twenty twenty three. That's right. Then why would I buy AHIP CE credits to this year? My license had to be renewed this May. I had 12 CE credits count towards my 24 from my AHIP for the last two years. So, so they so, do stack up. So if I did eight, if I paid it this year, that's yep, eight. And yep. then I do AHIP again next year and get another eight. Hey, either I'm right or they're definitely hooking me up. <laughs> yeah, it looks like Washington. And, and of course, we are little. We're half of Texas. It looks like it's only four. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I didn't buy them this year because I'm like, well, I don't have to oh, do yeah, CE no. again until 2023. Usually the way we do our CE is like we have a group in Utah that typically about, you know, 15, 20 of us, you know, people that have contracted with us in the past. They might not be with us anymore. People that are, are contracted with us, we'll all do it together in a group. Yeah, love it. And there's an instructor comes down. He did. We do it all at one time, one day. And um, the instructor's hysterical, by the way. He's like the funniest guy ever. Like, I, I swear, it seems to me like he spends about 25 minutes talking about insurance. But <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But um, well, I get it. But, but, but that's usually the way we do it. Yeah. And it's just the yeah. way... That I've always done. Us, you know, people that have contracted with us in the past, they might not be with us anymore. People that are, are contracted with us, we'll all do it That's together amazing. in a group. Yeah. yeah. And there's an instructor comes down. He did. I get it. But 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 that's usually the way we do it, and it's just the way that I've always done. Us, you know, people that have contracted with us in the past, they might not be with us anymore. People that are. are what is going on? Is is Glenn sorry. running the soundboard sorry. over there? Sorry, sorry, sorry. I was trying to share this link, you guys, and it was playing. <laughs> I knew it. You were hearing us. It. You were hearing us three minutes ago and live. The link is a state list okay. of like, what credits you can get for taking the AHIP. So mm-hmm. I thought it was worth sharing in the comments below the video. Right. My how, many gig- how many gigawatts did you just waste trying to do that? <laughs> hey, Glenn, Glenn, I got to ask you a question real quick. Have you ever no. seen Have you ever seen the Bill O'Reilly uh, video? Before we'll he do got it Fox live. News? Okay, you saw that. Did you, ever see the, did you ever see the Chris Berman one when he went off about Monday Night Football? Va- I vaguely remember this one. Yes, uh, I would like you to do me a favor. I want you to look up Chris Berman when we get done today. Okay. Chris Berman, okay, 20, 20 year NFL Monday Night Football anniversary. Yeah. Oh yeah. I want you to see how he reacted, and that's what I was about to do when you screwed up today on this podcast. <laughs> These people have never worked in podcasting. I swear. Have you ever worked on TV before? Oh man, he would just be. Did you see no. Christian? Have you seen it? Have you seen the Chris Berman one? No, oh, no, I haven't seen the Chris Berman one. Oh, yeah. you're gonna love Look that one up. It's awesome. So I've watched this... the Bill O'Reilly one like literally oh. 25 times. <laughs> what does that mean? He's gonna take us out. What does that mean? He's gonna take us out. <laughs> I'll have to check it out. I, so you know what my this is this has nothing to do with tacos or insurance, but something along the lines of that that I've probably seen more times than healthy is like. The Jim Rome, uh, Jim Everett fiasco. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Have you ever seen that? Have you ever seen wow. that? It's been a long time. Oh, have you ever seen it. that? Jumps across the table, grabs the guy, throws him to the ground. Yeah. yeah. That that I don't know. For some reason, I. That's I your favorite. Watching. Yeah. Well, that's my you favorite. Feel... Right. 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 Love it. Love it. All right. Well, I just had to share that. I'm sorry. But anyway. Um, as, as much as I love this conversation, I'm going to guide it back to. Yes, please do. <laughs> please okay, do. So, please get us on any, so, any other so Tony, Tony, you just came back from Ooh. the headquarters of Secure Agent Marketing, if I yep. saw correctly. Is that I, I right? Did. That is correct. I was up there uh, tail end of last week. Very cool. So it was a, so 
fill us in kind of what that event looked like. It was a speaking event, right? If I if I remember, mm-hmm. if I heard correctly, it was. Uh, we did a small, intimate public speaking workshop for two days. Uh, first day was kind of really on the fundamentals of public speaking. Uh, second day was a little more of some of the now. Now that I've t- gotten some skills, how do I take those skills and implement them in different ways and start to find ways so I can monetize it as well, uh, which was great. So Cody kind of ran that. I did a lot on day one, um, but it was awesome. We, I think we had 22 attendees um, and we just kind of sat there and talked to him about, you know, developing public speaking skills. Um, I gave a nice talk on kind of like what public speaking is, why we do public speaking in the first place, kind of what's the benefit of it. Uh, talked a little bit about that fear machine that runs inside you, you know, that that usually prevents a lot of people from taking the opportunity to public speak. Um, kind of helped them learn how to develop material between the things they already know about that they don't even kind of forgot that, hey, these are things that I can talk about at the drop of a hat. Um, and then we threw some curveballs at them and we made them go up there and talk about things they have no idea what the hell they're talking about. Um, so one of my goals when we when Cody and I put this together was like because it is a public speaking workshop. I didn't want them to just sit in the audience and listen to public speakers tell them about public speaking. I wanted them to be active and, and get in there. So uh, we made them talk at every opportunity we had. Anytime we could find a chance, we gave them the microphone. We put them on stage. We made them talk uh, and kind of abused them in that regards. But they all loved it. And they appreciated it, said thank you. Um, I, I got a lot out of it. I got some confidence out of it. I understand some of my limitations or my range and some of the different elements involved in public speaking. Um, but the thing overall, it went off like gangbusters. It was an awesome event. Um, I know Cody and I had a ton of fun. We couldn't stop talking about it afterwards. Um, and we're not only planning to continue that event, but we want to expand on it and really create uh, a true curriculum that not only takes people maybe through a beginner class like this one, but then an advanced class, maybe have an expert class and some form of mastery class. The really cool part about this one, and we put this together on the fly that the morning of, was it, we created a speech contest of which the winner gets to tell their story on 8% stage for five minutes. Awesome. That's so awesome. it kind of, which for some people could be a big break. That could be a huge opportunity for somebody, right? Yeah. Might right. get a chance to break out of their shell, might get them a chance to really realize they're great at speaking, mm-hmm. uh, or it just might get them in front of some people that can help them make better connections right. and advance yep. their, uh, their, sure. their career, so to speak. So that's, that's a huge opportunity in my opinion. So we Tony, were really excited to be able to put that out there. Tony, can I make an observation? Sure. So I remember the first time I ever did a video with you. We did a we did a podcast episode together. And what I remembered back from back then, you were very quiet. It's because you would like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> He's quiet a lot on our show too. <laughs> no, but like but like so my, my observation is I feel Something like about last, bald guys, they don't like to stop talking. <laughs> I feel like the last year and a half that I feel like you've really developed as like a, a real influencer in our in our industry. You know, like you're a, you're a very um, credible and important voice. I feel like we have in the Medicare space right now in the senior health insurance sales. Um, and not that you weren't before. It's just I feel like, you know, you speak with a lot more confidence now than you did. What do you think? is the reason behind that if you had to guess i don't know i don't know if you i don't know if you see what i'm talking about or not but well it's hard for me to say that i see what you're talking about because i can't see through your eyes but um (laughs) or hear with your ears but what i can say it's like anything else it's a muscle right the more you do it the more you iron it out the stronger it gets um i honestly i've I have a lot of public speaking experience in different capacities, not necessarily in large audiences. I, I'm not, I don't get paid as a public speaker, but my entire life I've been in sales. And if you really understand, and this is something that I talked about in that event, was if you understand that all speaking is a form of public speaking, right, then you can look back as a human being and go, wow, if all speaking is public speaking, then I have enough credible evidence that shows I'm actually already pretty good at it. Right. 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 Whether it's a one on one conversation or teaching a class or standing up in a group or talking to the camera or doing a podcast with some goofballs like this. This is all public speaking. So, like, I'll give you a perfect example. Um, Rebecca Davis, we all know. Great person. One of our favorite people. She's phenomenal. Very charismatic, enthusiastic person. Um, She gets super nervous when she's public speaking. 
But then you'd look at her on the, that last interview she just did with Landon McCarter. She crushed it. She did a great job. She's killed it. And she, but she's talking about something she's very natural. She has a ton of confidence in it. It's more of a confident setting when you're sitting across talking to one person, even though she is going out on camera across the World Wide right. Web, you know, where probably at least 13 or 14 people saw it. Um, she was phenomenal. And I told her, I sent her a text yesterday. I'm like, hey, if you need any more evidence that you're great at public speaking in general, just watch your pot, watch this interview you just did with Landon. Yep. Like that's if, if we understand that the definition of public speaking can be that broad, then we can provide ourselves with enough evidence to give ourselves the confidence that, hey, maybe there's 10 people here. Maybe there's 20 people. Maybe there's 5,000 people here, but I already know what I'm doing. Yep. I'm only allowing fear to get inside of me because there's more eyes watching me now. Yep. I think it's a so, great point. Um, so coming back full point. circle to answer your question, one, me getting out here doing it more has kind of reemphasized that muscle and got it going again. But the other side is, is well, people are listening. Nobody was listening before, probably because I wasn't talking before. But, you know, I finally realized, you know, if I'm going to get out here and grow my business and and, and love it the way I always have, then I, I got to go start interacting with people. Yeah. You know, and it was really something that Justin Brock said that really set the whole thing off and put it in motion. Uh, and he had made a comment in his Facebook group, uh, Gurus, that social media can be a tool to make you a celebrity in any given space or market that you want. Yep. Whether you want to be the Medicare guru of all Medicare or if you want to be uh, the the Medicare specialist of Salt Lake City and you're that person or like Rebecca's like right. the super celebrity of Stephenville, you can use social media as that tool to help you create that that person of interest, like right. Coach Burt says. Right. Right. It's exactly what it is. So when I saw that, I was like, of course I can. And no offense to anybody else, but there's. I, in my opinion, there's nobody that has a better chance of being a celebrity in the Medicare space than I do. And it's only because I know that I'm extremely confident and not yep. afraid of putting myself out there to get rejection. I could care less. You don't like me. That's fine. Yep. But it's like, hey, I've got some stuff to say. I've been doing this 17 years. I might as well start talking about it. Yep. Love yeah. it. It's interesting because I was just listening to um, the Joe Rogan podcast and he had a cult. I don't know if her background was cultural um, hey glenn yeah, you to, said you, you said joe rogan yes okay, yes so you, you must like that haircut go ahead yes i do <laughs> <laughs> um but they were talking about public speaking <laughs> and, and how common the fear of public speaking mm -hmm. is number one fear and they were saying how um there's a possible link or you know this is kind of a theory right um, between the idea that if we kind of all, you know, historically, and they also got into the details. It was really interesting how fear can actually be passed genetically. They've, they've re-engineered that in mice. So they've actually seen in mice yep. where they can give the parents a fear of something. And then they, the children have no idea that that ever existed, but they still have that same fear. Yep. And so the public speaking fear that we've all kind of taken on, they're saying, because we grew up in, in villages, essentially, or, or groups, that you were you were in trouble. If you were speaking yep. in front of a large crowd, you were on the spotlight for doing something. And it was like, why did you do this? What are you're you being doing? Lynched. You're yep. being lynched. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, now you're put up on court to have to defend yourself yeah. against everybody. That's a pretty good point. You know, yeah. I did some studying on it. And the, the, what I discovered, which made sense to me, was that, again, it goes back to our, our – uh, primordial days, if you will, yeah. um, when we were uh, fearful or hunted by large predators, right? You, we had to live in a group as a basic survival instinct. Right. And right. if you were ever separated from your group, then, well, you could pretty much write yourself off. You're going to get killed. That's right. Right. So that, if you look at it, take that to the modern world now, there's not a lot of things that create that same type of separation yep. as you standing alone in front of a large group that are all right. staring back at you. Right. Right. So sometimes I, I feel like that, it just kicks in that fight or flight based on that same uh, instinctual uh, self-preservation. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it's just a matter of, and we, we talked a lot about that at the public speaking workshop, not only to understand that source of it, because if you don't understand the source, you don't know how to combat what it is. And we talked a little bit about how to mitigate it. And then we kind of went through um, all the things that, that I felt, and I felt there were kind of four things that added up to the four element fear package. And one is obviously your thoughts about yourself as a speaker that starts to drive that physio physiology 
in your body that creates that fight or flight. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. And, um, I, I want, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go, no, go, go ahead, Ollie. You know, it just, you know, you, you talk about DNA, you know, <clears throat> it's, it's natural. I'll, I'll share a funny story. You guys will just laugh at me. So I remember I was probably in third or fourth grade and in my home growing up, we didn't have any dogs or cats. Uh, and that was just a thing. We just didn't. Well, I was also afraid of dogs. Well, why would I be afraid of dogs? I'm in third or fourth grade. My mom was afraid of dogs and my dad didn't like dogs. So my dad didn't like them. My mom's afraid of them. Okay. So I already know my mom's afraid. So I'm only afraid because my mom's afraid. I'm not yep. afraid for any other rational reason, yep. but I'm in third or fourth grade. So our neighbor had a big, beautiful lab. It was big and beautiful now. Because when it happened, I'm telling you, this dog was going to kill me (laughs) because it saw me and it was running after me. So what does any rational person that's scared do? You run, right? So I'm running because I'm afraid of this dog. So I get to my door and I'm banging on the door because when you have fear, you lose common sense. So I don't even remember I can open up the door and go inside. Instead, it's smarter to scream outside, banging on the door, waiting for my mom to open up and save my life from this vicious dog that's sitting here the whole time going, (laughs) the whole time. Like, Rue, why'd you make me run over here? That's what the dog's asking. But I was afraid of it. I was afraid of the dog. And for years, I was afraid afraid of the dog. Man, even now, it's so funny. I'm not afraid of dogs. I, we, we've got a dog. We've had multiple dogs in my home. My kids love dogs. I'm good. I've sold insurance. You got to be accepting of dogs if you sell insurance at people's oh, homes. Oh yeah. Okay. Jumping on your leg, biting yeah. your ankle. But I would lie to you guys if I said that there wasn't always something weird when I ever I see an unknown dog. Like my kids are quick. If they see a dog by itself, oh, let's see, let's try to find its home. I'm like, dude, leave the dog alone. Who cares? It'll figure it out. You know, I'm not in a hurry to go touch the dog, but my kids are because they grew up different. So I'm totally bought into that. And then it piggybacks what Tony's talking about speaking. Look, I've said it a million times, the pain pleasure principle. People a lot of times will do more to avoid pain than they will to commit to receive pleasure. There's pleasure when you speak in front of the room and that excitement and that drive and that thing that fuels you. That's awesome stuff. But, man, it's so easy to be scared of it because I don't want to have to expose myself and feel uncomfortable. So I'll do whatever I can to protect myself from my fear versus figuring out what it to do to have the pleasure of overcoming the fear. Yeah. Boom. Bingo. Love it. 100%. 100%. I mean – it's, 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 there's something to be said. I feel like it's a mental shift really, yep. you know, cause like if you're a person that let's say, let, let, let's use Rebecca, for example, you know, yep. Rebecca's very comfortable talking like on camera, right? Like, you know, speaking maybe to a small group of people, it's just a mental shift to kind of so take your, 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 yourself out of that element and put it in an element where you're in front of a stage. It's the same basic principle, you know, like if I'm, if I'm right now, if I, am on camera right now talking tons of people are going to see the live right tons of people are going to see the replay it's essentially the same thing as if you're in front of a bunch of people but it's it's a mental shift that people need to make up here it's just all up here more than anything else it's between the ears i feel like if people can make that mental adjustment they can do the same thing that they can do on camera or on a video or one-on-one or in a small setting yep i would agree it's you know that at the simplest point, it is absolutely just a mental state that you can get yourself in. Like, this is a piece of cake. They're all naked. Doesn't matter. They're all watching me. You know, I can do this. You know, whatever you can come up with and trick your brain into, but you're 100% correct. Outside of that, it is a just a muscle. The more you do it, the easier it gets, the less fear gets old you. But it still does. I mean, I blacked out at Medicare Memphis Con in my opening monologue. Stoked with fear. I completely lost to where I got in my transition. And that sure, fear that swelled fear. up inside of me. I'm so sure I only knew one, only knew sure one way out, and I just introduced here. Cody. Like, just bring Cody up here. Never mind. Well, well you, know, you, know, you, you know, there was a moment where Tony's up there at the beginning, and he makes eye contact with me, and then he made fear. Then he had the fear. <laughs> then he felt it. Intimidation. He blacked buddy. out. He saw you, and he's like, Saw oh me in the back. God, that's what the it back. looks like. You know, Pretty sure it was light glare. Yeah. You know what that's <laughs> like? It, it's like uh, – it's like, uh, Every time we train agents, I remind them in, in our training set. I, I train on the elements of persuasion. I always say, remember, as an agent, you're always going to be one of two things. You're either going to be an influencer or an influencee. 
A matter of fact, then I break it down. Take every like conversation that. you have in your life. You're either the influencer or the influencee. So if you can practice when you're with clients being the influencer, then all you need is two clients to be the influencer to. And then you can take two and you can make it four clients and be the influencer. And then you can make it eight clients and be the influencer. And then you can speak in front of the room and it's the same shit because you're the influencer and they're the influencee because you're the yep. one in front of the room. They are yeah. there to listen to what you have to say. So give them value of content so they can go home and do something with the shit that you're sharing with them. I think that's a great segue to kind of the next thing I wanted to talk about with you guys too. So Ali, you know, one thing that we all share in common here on the, the stream today, you guys, is we all either directly or indirectly train new agents. Yep. So, you know, I wanted to talk about new agents kind of broadly with, with you guys and, the main reason I, I wanted to talk about this, I'm always kind of pulling from my own conversations, but I came across this agent, this newer agent, and um, they were so so typically the agent that's that's failing out is like overconfident, obnoxious. Like that's the that's the guy that I see a lot of, right? That 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 type of agent, that type of new agent. Overconfident, they come in, they think they know everything, they actually don't know everything, and they fall flat on their face within the first couple months. Sounds like Tony when he got started. The agent that I, I interacted with this week is kind of the opposite of it. Like they, I could tell that this person was, they almost didn't have any confidence, they didn't have enough right. confidence right. to even get behind the wheel. You, yep. you know what I'm saying? So I thought that was interesting because I think there's a lot of different personalities that could keep an agent from succeeding, yep. certain barriers that all new agents have. Yep. I was definitely towards the overconfident side of it for sure yep. when I first came in. But I'm just curious, you know, pitfalls of new agents, yep. common common traits, whether it's for successful or yep. for agents who fail. I'd love to hear from all of you. Yeah. Uh, Tony, I'll get started with a quick story that happened today. <laughs> And then I'll hand it off to you. So Zach Dunlop is an agent of ours. He's been with us uh, about a year now. Okay. His 12-week role, we measure our agents and we let them know what their 12-week role average is. Every 30 days, we give them a new 12-week role average so they can see how they've done the last 12 weeks. We're excited about Zach. He's less than a year old with us and he's making $18.50 a week. That's what's deposited into his accounts, right? He's kicking ass. He's doing a lot of great things. He's promoted to a trainer position with us now. We're fired up. We're loving us some of Zach Dunlop. Zach Dunlop calls me up today, and we also train our agents to call in every home they're in after they finish a needs assessment. They ask all the questions with the client. They say, hey, I'm going to call and get some professional advice from someone at the office so we can mastermind and make sure we put you in a good space. So Zach will call. Well, after Zach and I get off the call after a second appointment, I'm like, I'm not feeling it. He calls me back, and he goes, Ali, man, we got to talk. And I said, dude, what's up? He goes, man, I'm just not making it. I don't know what's going on today. I'm 0 for 2. And I said, okay, dude, so what? He goes, but I mean, I can't. You know, you're always saying we got to sell on every appointment. Yeah, you should. Well, I didn't sell on the last two appointments, man. I'm kind of freaking out. <laughs> this guy is losing his stuff. And I'm like, Zach, listen, bro, slow down. Okay, Don't take what I say completely out of context. Okay? <laughs> and, and I think, Glenn, it's about T. So here's what I always tell people. People say, Ali, I don't want to call you when I'm in an appointment. I said, you got to call me. Ali, I don't want to call you. Why? Why don't you want to call me? Because, Ali, I'm going to look dumb. I'm not going to look like I know what I'm doing. Hey, you don't know what you're doing. It's okay. Just tell them that. Who gives a shit? Call <laughs> me. Tell them you're new. Let me walk you through. Because what I want to do is not teach you how to sell insurance. I don't want to even tell you how to communicate with the client because I do that here at the office. When I'm on the phone with you, I'm trying to get you to learn how to think like me. Well, I don't think I want to think like you. You do an insurance. Okay, I'm actually pretty good at this. Okay, I know what to do, right? So I want you to learn how to think. So some of the things I was on the phone with him, so I think that's the lesson. I said, hey, Glenn, I said, hey, Zach, I want to ask you. Do you think, I asked, because he's a younger guy than me. I said, hey, are you in debate or are you clear Michael Jordan's the greatest of all time? And he said, no, I'm clear. I said, okay, good. I know, Carl Malone. Well, he got smoked by Jordan, so don't even bring him up. If you're going to go Utah on me or something, okay? Carl Malone. <laughs> okay. The mailman. And remember, when Carl Malone tried to win a ring and went to L.A., my boys, the bad boys from Detroit in 2003, won the <coughs> championship and smoked him. Well, you know what Shaq they say, Ollie, You know what they say? The mailman doesn't deliver on Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> we learned that. We learned that. My whole childhood was that. <laughs> I got it. I got it, right? So what it was, I was like, hey, dude, listen. Now let me ask you this. 
did Jordan win every game? He said, no. I said, did Jordan perform excellent in every game? He said, no. I said, but what did Jordan give at every game? He said, Ali, he gave 100%. I said, you're damn right he did. Even when he was sick, he gave 100%. And he didn't win every game. Every time you run an appointment, it's a game. You're either going to win or lose the game. But if you make a big sale and you score 80 points like Kobe, guess what happens at the next appointment? You're at zero. zero. Would would Kobe made 81 points? He played the next day. And when he played the next day, he had as many points as I did when he started that game. We were both at zero. You see, the difference is he made 81 yesterday. You don't get to transfer those points over. They They expire at the end of the game. Every appointment expires at the end of the appointment. So stop worrying about it. Get to the next house. Call me when you're there. We'll figure it out. And it's so funny. He calls me in the next house. We're talking to this person, what he's going to sell and what he's going to do, da-da-da-da-da. I gave him some feedback. He calls me up 20 minutes later after he gets out of the house. He goes, dude, I got to tell you, I got my mojo back. I'm like, no kidding. Okay? That's what happens. You just got to go to the next game. So it's teaching these guys how to think with the client, but also yeah. how to self-talk themselves because they're probably got a new agent in the car with them, and everything's influencing everything that's going on. And you got to be the master influencer in the situation. Remember, you're either the influencer or you're being you're the influencee. Zach was allowing the clients today for the first couple of appointments to allow them to be the influencer, and he was the influencee instead of controlling the emotion, the conversation, and the dialogue to lead it in the direction he wants to attain. That was legendary. Yeah, I, I loved and and I used to love getting on the phone in front of clients because I felt like it gave me a ton of credibility. Yes. Anytime I honestly yes. like I have to if I ever saw an insurance policy in the house, I was like, let's get the carrier on the phone. Now I, was like, I will call the carrier right now because it legitimized who I am and what I do. And then I could yeah. talk to the carrier directly on behalf yeah. of the client like it made it. So, I, but I see it both ways. Like the agent who's super cocky or thinks they need to look, you know, strong, they're going to think they're weak getting on the phone. But I, I, that's just not true, you guys. That's not true. I, yeah, I, no, you I, need to look resourceful. Thank we you can so all much. trust someone that's resourceful. Yeah. Right. And that's the, one of the biggest keys you can have as an insurance agent. If you can be resourceful. Yes, sir. Right. If you don't have the answers, but you know where they are, just yeah. give me a minute. I'll go find them. Yes, sir. Yep. Right. And whether it's me calling this guy or me just, you know, I'll be right back with you. Give me a second. I got to look here and thing. But right. just, if you could learn to be resourceful, I think that's a big trait that a lot of agents don't have in the independent sector that fail. Yep. Um, it's not so much confidence. It's not so much lack of confidence, although those are certainly there. But it's the lack of ability to truly be independently resourceful. Um, I feel like in some, you know, as amazing as the Internet is. I feel like it's created some soft people out there that are a little too entitled on information where they feel like information should just be readily available and given to them instead of them having to take a moment to actually go and find it themselves and yep. find it doesn't necessarily mean you go on a Google or you go on a Facebook Medicare group and go, Hey, how do I do this? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, you should go to Google first. I mean, these Facebook groups are great. Don't get me wrong. But if all you ever do is allow people to spoon feed you the information and you don't, learn how to find it yourself, you're short setting yourself as a business per- person. Yep. Yep. You truly are. And it's going to make that much more of your business things hard because nobody's going to spoon feed you to scale your yep. business. Oh, you want to you want a million dollar agency? No problem. We'll just spoon feed it all to you. Yeah. No, they'll spoon feed you some knowledge here and there, but ultimately you are the one that has to take action and, and do something. And resourcefulness is that's probably the biggest trait that an agent can have to be yep. successful. You know, yeah. uh, uh, some, I, I shared this story all the time because I, I feel like I related with it. When I got involved in the insurance business, I always feel like the insurance business is like a survivor program because it gives people a second chance in life if they want to go do something. And you can You've been voted off the island. You know, right. You know? <laughs> but I will tell you guys that uh, when I was first starting in the business, there was a lot of personal things in my, my, my financial life, my spiritual life, my marriage life. Everything was in shambles. I mean, clearly, everything was in, Well, the only thing that was definitely on the rise was truly my faith with God. Everything else was really in shambles, okay? And I share that with you guys because I always talk about the Superman factor. And the problem is this generation of kids don't know about the Superman factor. People don't know how excellent Superman was. Like he was Clark Kent. He was a goofball. He had insecurities. He, he was not confident, but he wanted him some Lois Lane action, right? But then it was weird. It was weird. He'd find a phone booth. He'd get in. He'd come out. He'd be wearing some sexy tights and a cape. 
have a sexy curl, and all of a sudden, Lewis Lane wanted him. We all want to be Superman. We all want to be invincible. But the problem is we all have that Clark Kent in us. So I would always tell agents, here's the rule. Your car is the phone booth. Again, these kids can't appreciate it. But when I was out in the field, it was really easy. Your car is the phone booth, okay? So when you're going to go to an appointment and you want to cry and feel sorry for yourself and look like a nerd like Clark Kent, and, oh, my God, I can't talk to Lewis Lane. Whip, talk to her, right? So what you're going to do is you're going to tell them you can cry, you can mope, you can feel sorry for yourself. Your wife thinks you're not any good. Your mom told you you're a loser. Your dad said you're never going to do it good enough, and you're feeling sorry for yourself. Great, do it all. The moment you get out of the car, you better have a cape on and some sexy blue tights because Superman needs to go to the door. Superman is bulletproof, okay? He can, he can leap tall buildings in a single bound. He's invincible, man. And now Superman's going to Betty Smith's house. She needs to get the best of Superman. She doesn't need to hear anything about Clark. Clark's, look, Lois Lane hates Clark, okay? Superman, that's who it needs. That's right. So I think that's part of the mindset. So people know... You can be weak. You can be scared. You can be sheepish. You can lack confidence. But damn it, when you get out of the phone booth, that moment in time, you got to be invincible. Fake it. Just be invincible for the moment and watch how great things happen. It's teaching people to think like that. So the, the thing that put me in that mindset every time, because early on it was hard to get in that mindset. Yes, but it was the and and I hope this helps someone else out there when I share this. But even if you're brand new, when you're sitting down at that table or you're talking to someone on the phone, you you know nine and a half times out of ten, you're going to know a lot more about insurance than the person on the other end. God. So you are the expert, even yes. if you're brand new, even if you really don't know a whole lot yet, you are the expert in that conversation, and so carry yourself like one. Yep. The well way, said. Yeah, they're... between you and the other person, only one of you has an insurance license, yep. more than likely. Right. Exactly. You automatically, no more. Right. <laughs> I think. I think what Tony said earlier reigns very true as well about you know building that muscle yes. because it's about being able to put on a, a proper face, right? Like if yep. you're not in a good mood, right? Like let's say you had a fight with your spouse that day, Perfect. or you lost a client that day. That, that never that happens day. with you, though, right, Christian? You know, no, never, never. We've never okay. lost a client, so I don't know what that feels like. But uh, I was talking about what fighting with no your question. spouse. I'll tell you, Christian. I've oh, seen you. my spouse. No, no, I'm a joy. I'm a joy to be around. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll tell you, your wife. Your wife's very lucky to have you because you're the most unbelievable man I've ever met. Oh, you're so sweet. He you're said so that sweet. to me last week. Yeah. <laughs> really? I'm trying to give you some good content to share at home, and now you blew it. Oh, good, <laughs> good. I'm going to take a snippet of that right there, and that's the only part of this video she will see. But, um... Replay, 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 replay. <laughs> Christian, that's so funny. Replay. Yeah. Um, but, but no, like I feel, I feel like it's the ability to almost, you know, be able to turn it on and off like a light switch, right? Like you have to be able to be in control yes. of your emotions, whether yep. you can't let yourself get too high. And you yep. can't let yourself get too low, um, whether it's on the phone, whether it's going into a home, you have to be able to essentially just turn it on to where you're like, okay, I'm this guy, you know, yep. like I'm this guy, I'm this expert, I'm going to own it, I'm in a great mood, I'm a delight to be around, you know, and I'm and my my energy and my personality is infectious. Um, but it's not easy to do right off the bat, right? Like a lot of this is people skills. Right. Like you can only have so much product knowledge, but the more you're around people, I feel like the easier it is to essentially turn, turn, turn that on when you need it to. Like, I remember in situations where like, you know, I'd be like in the worst mood possible early on in my career. And I, I'd go to someone's house and I'd be like, you know what? Screw this. I just don't want to be here. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't want to do this. Do you um, want insurance? No. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, screw this. You know, like, <laughs> just that feeling, you know, that that real just like, you know, I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna go to bed. I'm gonna get up tomorrow and everything's gonna be better. But like you you push through, and that's where that muscle gets built from, right? Like yeah. it's it's through the reps over yeah. time. Yeah. Same same question to you though, Christian, because I don't think you answered yet about training training new agents. You know, pitfalls. You know, traits for successes, common traits for failures. What what would you what would you think? Obviously, I know you've trained yeah. many agents in your time. Yes. Um, 
So I would say the thing is with agents is I, I, I love what Tony said because I feel like I, I think that the ability to be resourceful is a skill um, and not everybody has it. Like some even people that are sponges, right? Like they're, they're hungry for information, but they're not necessarily so hungry that they're willing to try to figure it out themselves. They just want an answer. Um, so I, I definitely think that Tony hit that right on the head. But I think the other thing that I, if I was to add to that, I would say it's, there's a balance between being humble and being confident, right? I feel like that something in the middle there needs to bode true because an agent can be cocky. Like, I, I mean, I get on phone, I get on the phone all the time with an agent and, you know, it'll be someone that's, you know, maybe had success selling something else. And they're just like, they're just like, oh yeah, they're like, it's no big deal. You know, like they just have this cockiness to them. Yeah. And it's and usually the guys that talk the most, um, they talk the most shit up front, end up doing the least when they actually get in. Um, like I was just, I was just having this conversation with Joanna the other day. We were talking on the phone and she was like, you, she was like, she was like, we all know that most of the people on the leaderboards either don't say anything in the groups or they're not in them at all, you know, on, yep. on social media. And uh, not to say that there's not people on leaderboards that have big mouths. It's, it's the truth. But right. like that, so there's a, you, you want an agent to be confident, but you don't want them to be necessarily egotistical or cocky or not willing to be coached. I think being coachable is a huge thing, but I also want them to be humble and listen to me. You know, like we just hired a 19 year old kid in in our office. He's going to start the first of July. And um, my assistant was like, well, why'd you hire him? You know, this guy had more credentials. This guy had more credentials. I'm like, because he's 19 and his, you know, he's wide eyed and he's a blank slate, yep. you know, yep. I'm like, I'm taking a chance on the kid. And that's yeah. You, yeah. He can learn. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, you know, being coachable, if, willing to learn. I want to add, I, I just love Christian, what you're dropping there. We've hired a couple of young guys too. The term that I like to use is they got to P they got to have, a. if they're young, I need them to have a PhD and the PhD stands for poor, hungry, and driven. If I got a young guy who's poor, hungry, and driven, I love that guy. I also yeah. love a guy that's 27 years old, married with two kids and broke. I love that guy. Because a guy that's 27, married with two kids and broke, <laughs> you can get that guy to be motivated. But I think. Yeah, he's backed into a corner. He didn't have a yeah. choice. How right. about he's three kids and you're 30 and you're broke? Right, right, no, I get it. So I think, <laughs> I think I might have an answer to a question that you were bringing up. And I only think it's an answer because I believe what I'm about to tell you guys is 100% true. So this is me speaking on what I believe is 100% true. You said. You got to find a guy that's humble, but confident, right? We already know that when someone has ego issues, that means they have insecurity issues. Okay. That's what ego is all about. Ego is about insecurity. So what do we need to align humility with confidence? And it's one simple answer. Tony knows I say it every damn meeting, every show, all the time. Gratitude. 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 Gratitude, <laughs> because here's why. Hold on, I know. No, no, here's why. But, but I, I'm going to say, and, and hey, Glenn, here's why. Remember, you used the reference on Christian. If he's having yeah. a bad day, he goes to the house. Wah, wah, wah. You don't want to yeah. buy insurance, okay? How about if Christian was in a good headspace and knew you're in a house when there's thousands of insurance agents today stressing out of their mind trying to get an appointment? Why aren't you grateful that you're in a damn house in the first place? Because if yeah. you were, you would be grateful for the person you're talking to. And that person would know that you're grateful for sitting with them because that would come out in your communication. And yep. then that energy transfers. And remember, people do more to help you than they do to buy from you. So sometimes these ego guys are trying to be so good at knowing everything and knowing how to communicate. That's what's funny about this show. Everyone perceives this is how I talk when I'm in someone's house. It's not. When I'm in someone's house, they're the star. And I get to just help them fill out the last couple stories of their chapter. So I'm always asking questions, trying to figure things out how I can help direct them. Yeah. But if you're great, you know, I mean, Christian, all four of us here, we're on the show together, right? We're all breathing okay. I mean, how amazing is our lives right now? We've got nothing to complain about. Are you sharing that energy with the clients when you're meeting with them? You know, because I'm telling you, then you can have swag. Hey, dude, why are you so, dude, why, dude, why do you love life so much? Because I just love life, man. You know, everyone, I, I pray that everyone I come across, I'm going to do a good job for. And then you know what weirdly happens? People in the universe are doing nice things for you. 
It just I naturally it. happens. Your clients do the same thing. I don't know how many times I think clients have bought insurance from me because they feel sorry for me. Okay. I'm telling you. <laughs> what they have for me. Yes. I look, I'll show a client photos of my family and I get oh my God. What a beautiful family. Oh Every boy. Those girls, those girls are gonna give you a hard time. Oh boy, thank God you got that son at the end. And I always said the same thing. Hey, listen, my goal in life is to make more money than they spend. Every day they're trying to spend as much as they can, and I just want to make one more buck more than that. There you go. Oh, honey, you better, because it's going to cost you a lot when they grow up. Please Did I mention I me. work on commission? Yes, please help me. <laughs> you know. And then when I'd go deliver the policy, they'd be laughing at me. So how's your family doing? Are they keeping you running ragged? And then when I talk to them on the phone, they always want to make fun of me about how stressed I'm going to be because all these kids, it's a beautiful thing. But I think there's the that. line humility and confidence gratitude because if someone's an ego egotistical maniac or someone is so full of themselves they can't appreciate other people it's like individuality lacks gratitude don't be such an individual because if you're an individual what are you trying to prove i did it i'm the man i don't even have that much muscles but i mean i did it i'm the man is that what you're trying to prove because that don't mean anything to anybody you know, Chris, yeah. it's great that you know this and that. Tell me about the people you're working with and you're helping. That's what you're talking about, Glenn. How do you help these people and invest the right way with them? If you're grateful, you will create an environment of people that come on board and work with you, Glenn, that will also be grateful. Those are always easier people to teach because they're grateful. I, I love that. Guys, unfortunately, we're right at that hour mark. Wow. We want to be respectful of everyone's time. That went so fast. I feel like we have so much more we could talk about, but thank yes. goodness. We got part two. We got part two. We are going to be on State of the <laughs> yes. Union. Part this two on Thursday. Thursday you guys. Yes. Yes. yes, sir. So yes, sir. Wanted to give everyone a chance to share their last thoughts. I'll just kind of quickly go first here. Um, I think, you know, we've talked about it a lot and, and kind of to sum up what we're finishing up on there. I think it is all kind of in the headspace. It's what's between your ears. Right. I think that's what separates most agents from being, you know, whether you're going to fail out of the industry in 12 months or you're a mediocre or you're shooting for the stars and the moon. It, it really comes down to, you know, what what's your confidence like? What's your mental game like? Yes, and, yes. and staying strong mentally. So um, I love that. I, I loved it so much of this conversation today. This was so much fun. I'm so excited for Thursday. Tony, I'll hand the torch over to you, sir. Final thoughts. Yeah, I think it was great. Fantastic. Love it. <laughs> <That works. laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> Honestly, man, I'm, I'm really pumped about Thursday. So um, I, I, everything Ollie said kind of still has me buzzing over here with gratitude. So Same. I don't even know what to say. Uh, so I'm, I am at a loss for words, which is unusual, but, uh, um, I really appreciate you having us on. I'm glad we came up with this idea to collaborate. Um, it only took us, what, four days to finally get Ollie to pay attention to the thread. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> Ollie's got Nathan to do that for him. Right? Yeah, it's granted he does. And I think he has two girls that scan his email for important stuff, too. So you know, it's not it's it's good to be the king, I guess, you know. But uh, yeah, super pumped to have you guys on this Thursday. I am a little concerned. Uh, do we need to put any extra phone calls for Glenn to make sure he gets up that early? Yeah, um, I might you know, need a wake-up call. What is that, 5 a.m. for you? That's 6. 6 a.m. Oh, that's not too bad then. So You'll be fine. You need to work from home, so it's not like you right. anywhere. Hey, I will tell you, Glenn, what I might get to be the cool. Office. Yeah, I will tell you, Glenn, you know what might be cool? If you actually, like, wore pajamas and we could, like, at least, you know, we'll see the top. <laughs> is he wearing pajamas cool. right now? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's, that I was, that cool. was my next question. I wonder if Glenn will show up better dressed at 6 a.m. than he does at <laughs> you know, 5 p.m. Glenn, it might be cool. You just show up I'm looking in. like you just rolled out of bed. You know I will. Saying? I can do that. Happy beard. Happy beard. Oh, yeah. No, no. He's it, like, no, that'd be great because I'll set my alarm for 5.55. I'll be ready at 6. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> drinking calm like what's going on guys he, he really took the role on seriously yeah. he took have bags for miles under his eyes yeah. Yeah. <laughs> christian final thoughts good sir yes um so first things first thank you both for coming on and um be doing taco tuesday with me and glenn um yes. taco tuesday is what it is because of awesome guests just like you two so we're really grateful that you took the time to come on speaking of gratitude um i love that you know because like I feel like it's very easy to kind of forget about the the gratefulness. You know what I mean? Like you you have you're so focused on where you're going yep. that you forget about how far you've come. Yes, sir. Um, and so I would say, guys, just make sure that you 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 have that gratefulness every single day. That you have good health 
And if you don't have good health, just be grateful that you're still alive, you know, that you get to live life um, and get through your certs, guys. Don't wait till the last <laughs> right. second. Eat the frog. Yes. Right. Get that. <laughs> Let's get that back up there one more time. <laughs> right. I got to um, figure out how to get it on all four screens somehow. I just can't figure that out. <laughs> well, you guys, I have another appointment I've got to jump yes. into Always here. Final thoughts, though. Yes. Uh, yeah, all I want to say is thank you guys for having me on the show. I appreciate the opportunity to be able to talk with you guys. Uh, I think you guys have allowed me on your show before. I think it's helped me to get better. So I appreciate you guys giving me time to even have a mic and share Absolutely. some of these things and talk with you guys. I've also appreciated the one-on-one talks, Christian, we've had as well, and some of your mentorship and direction to me as well. I feel like I can Likewise. learn from everybody. So appreciate you guys, and I'm fired up about Thursday. All right, guys. Well, well thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And um, don't miss State of the Union on Thursday morning. That's right. Thursday morning. Or Taco Tuesday next week, y'all. Taco Tuesday part two. I'm just kidding. <laughs>